What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Big Ten Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sager. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam G Sager, uh, on Instagram at Adam G Sager, on TikTok, I believe it's at Adam G Sager. Uh, you can find clips from this show, the Sean Salisbury show, which I also do on the Believe Network. Um, you could find clips on each of those uh, platforms, and you can get the show on Believe.com, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere you get your podcast. You can get both the Big Ten Buzz podcast and the Sean Salisbury show where you know we talk a lot of football on both and uh i'm gonna get sean on this show sometime soon once we get more into the meat of the schedule once we learn a little more about these teams as they start playing some better teams uh in some more interesting games uh but we had some interesting games this weekend i told you guys that one i was 100 right on one i was wrong on uh let's start with the big game between michigan state and wisconsin or not Wisconsin, Washington, just a very disappointing game for Michigan State. You you know me. I was here. I was pumping up Michigan State. I had them as a borderline top 10 team in the country. They were ranked 11th coming in. They traveled out to Seattle to take on a good Washington team led by former Indiana quarterback uh, Penix Jr. And Michigan State went out there down 29-8 at half down 35 14 at the end of three i mean they just got their doors blown off and it was all michael Penix jr 24 of 40 397 yards four passing touchdowns for the lefty quarterback michigan state had no answer for the passing game and, and mel tucker who said after the game give him credit or the next day whenever he said it um you know he coaches the corners Corners were getting roasted all game long, and that's not going to get any easier as now you're going to face Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, these guys have high-volume passing attacks that can beat you. Now, Penn State's a little more run-heavy. We know Michigan likes to run the ball, as does Ohio State. But with J.J. McCarthy, with C.J. Stroud, and Sean Clifford to an extent, I mean, these teams can beat you throwing the ball. And that's a bad sign for Michigan State if they're see if their cornerbacks are going to be playing this this terribly. But back to Mel Tucker, he said, "I'm a horse shit coach right now." After that game, seeing what happened to his DBs that he coaches, being a defensive guy, he said he was a horse shit coach. And you know what? You have to agree with him. Plain and simple. I mean, the score ended up a little bit close as Michigan State put on two touchdowns in the fourth, 39-28, but. You know, it, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a three-point uh, Washington favorite, if I'm not mistaken, from last week, and and they covered, and, and congrats to them. I said I would take Michigan State and the points. I just thought Michigan State was going to be better prepared to play this game, and and they were just not ready for what the Washington offense was going to throw at them. They didn't run the ball at all. And that's where we thought, you know, like with Jalen Berger, Jarek Broussard, you, you know, we thought Peyton Thorne running the ball. We thought that they had a chance to run the ball. No. Listen to these running numbers. 29 carries for 42 yards. Do the math. 1.4 yards per carry. You're not winning any football games like that. Peyton Thorne played a decent game, 30 of 42 for 323 yards, but a lot of that was late. Three touchdowns, one interception. 
Uh, Keon Coleman looks to be a badass. You know, plays on the basketball team. If you were watching the game, you knew because they showed you 680,000 times that he was on the basketball team. But it was just too much Michael Penix Jr. in this, you know, Jalen Polk. Six catches, 153 yards, three touchdowns for Washington. I mean, you got to. Excuse me. You have to stop somebody. And, you know, Michigan State was trying every corner they had on Polk, and it didn't work. It didn't work at all. So a very disappointing loss. You know, I was looking at the Big Ten standings, and Indiana, 3-0 on the year, including a Big Ten win. Penn State, 3-0, including a Big Ten win over Purdue. Uh, Maryland's 3-0. Michigan, 3-0. Ohio State, 3-0. Rutgers, 3-0. Michigan State, 2-1. The only team in the Big Ten East with a loss is Michigan State at Washington. Not a terrible loss, but and it doesn't affect the Big Ten. You know, They'd still go out and beat everybody and go to the Big Ten Championship and win. They're probably in the college football playoff. But now it's tough because, because you have to be perfect the rest of the year if you're Michigan State. And that's where it gets tough when you lose one of these early games. Excuse me. And I really think that, or I really thought that Michigan State was a better football team, would be better prepared going out to Washington. And it just didn't happen. So tough loss for Sparty. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back. I, I I expect them to. I expect Mel Tucker to have his team ready to play next week. But... I mean that's a that's a tough loss. I mean now you got to go play Minnesota, who's three and zero, a good football team, who has you know talent. Now they did lose their big wide receiver Chris Ottman Bell. Uh, he is out for the year with a leg injury. That's a tough blow for Minnesota. Uh, they handled Colorado forty nine to seven. Colorado's putrid. Uh, Tanner Morgan, you know, 11 of only threw the ball 16 times, 157 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Ibrahim is just a monster, 202 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. And Ottman Bell had 58 yards and one of the touchdowns from Tanner Morgan. This is a big loss for Minnesota. Minnesota has, you know, they're thinking they're that team that can make it to Indianapolis and take on Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, uh, whoever wins the East. It's going to be a lot tougher now. You lose that talent. And it's funny. I was reading all about it. And, you know, I see Minnesota will apply for a seventh year of eligibility. I know this has to do with COVID and you get the extra year and everything. But damn, seven years at college, uh, possibly for Ottman Bell. Minnesota is going to leave it up to the player if he wants to uh, enter the NFL draft or um, take his future wherever he wants. Uh and that's not saying he would get the he would get the the seventh year, but they may try. Um, <clears throat> looking else around the league, Ohio State just thumped Toledo, seventy-seven twenty-one. Uh, C.J. Stroud was good, twenty-two of twenty-seven, three sixty-seven, and five touchdowns. Hayden had a touchdown on the ground. 
Igbuka had 116 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr., remember how I kept talking about him? Like, he didn't show up for that Notre Dame game. He wasn't in the passing attack. I think he had one catch. Well, I, I think he showed up. Six carries or six catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. That gives him five on the year, which is tied for the lead in the nation. Um, so he has shown back up. Jackson Smith and the Jigba got out there, got two catches, just a little run uh, for 33 yards. Julian Fleming, I talked about last week that both those guys were coming back. He had three catches for 23 yards as they're just kind of getting their feet back in this offense. And, you know, you have a Buka, 116. You had Jaden Ballard, 113. You had Harrison Jr., 102. And you had the big tight end, Cade Stover, at 83 yards receiving. This offense is good, I'm telling you. Uh, Travion Henderson only carried the ball four times, 19 yards. We'll kind of wait to see what happens there, but Dallin Hayden came in, 17 carries, 108 yards, one touchdown. I mean, there's talent on that offense, and you expect big things as Ohio State continues to uh, just beat everybody in front of them after their opening win against Notre Dame, who um, – I don't want to put down Notre Dame, but they played a close game against Cal that could have went either way, and they end up pulling out that win for Marcus Freeman. So, you know, congrats to him on his first win, but that Ohio State win at home over Notre Dame, to me, doesn't look as great as everyone's trying to make it out to be. I know they were ranked top five in the nation. Uh, I said on this show, I said on the Sean Salisbury show, they should not have been a top five team. I, I didn't have them in the top ten. I thought they should have been right outside the top 10. I thought with the change of the coach, the new quarterback, um, it was just not a top 10 team in my opinion. And I think they've shown that to start the year that they're not, they're they're not even ranked anymore. So uh, that win for Ohio state to me, doesn't look as good as it did early on that first week. I think it kind of gets worse each week that Notre Dame plays. Uh, Michigan shut out UConn 59 nothing. Uh, J.J. McCarthy 15-18 for 214 yards. Had multiple receptions or multiple passes that got down right at the one-yard line or inside the one. Uh, and then Blake Corum, he finished. 12 carries, 71 yards, five touchdowns. I don't know if you guys know the last time five touchdowns were scored by a Michigan running back. We actually don't have to go back that far. We have to go back. One, two, three, four, five games, I believe it is, where Hassan Haskins did it in the big house against Ohio State. And Michigan's first win over Ohio State, and I believe it was eight years. Uh, so uh, great to see Corum get the five touchdowns. Everybody showed up. The defense showed up. They got after the quarterback. UConn's not a very good team. Um, I, I just Michigan rolling against bad teams. That's what you're supposed to do. Everyone's trying to make a big deal about the schedule. Listen, SEC people out there, eh, Michigan should be, you know, held down for their schedule. Yeah, but, but. Just shut up. The SEC plays three bad teams as well. They just only play eight conference games. Big Ten plays nine. So whereas Alabama played Texas, they also play three non-power five teams. Most teams in the SEC play three non-power five teams, just like Michigan. Yes, Michigan's out-of-conference schedule sucks. It's terrible this year. 
and it's going to be bad next year. But then they get back to playing. Remember, this had to go back to the UCLA game, uh, the home and home. They canceled that. They bought it out because, listen, in college sports, we know the big thing is money. It's money. And they've never looked down on playing a bad schedule. If if two teams are 12-0, and 0, they're not looking at the out-of-conference schedule and being like, oh, well, Michigan, you only played this, and, and Clemson, you played Georgia Tech, so you're in. So Michigan in years past has played Washington, Notre Dame. Uh, I believe there was a Texas. There was a different teams where they played Florida. They played Florida uh, opening the year one year. So let's not act like this is something Michigan does every single year. They backed out of the UCLA home and home because, again, everything's about money in college sports. I saw someone report that Michigan normally makes in a home out-of-conference game against a Hawaii or a Yukon or whoever, they'll make somewhere around $8 million. Well, it only costs them one point five to get out of UCLA. So this was a money aspect when it came to, you know, remember Notre Dame backed out. So I, I just think that this is a lot to do. I mean, if they played UCLA this year, is everyone like, okay, I mean, Michigan is... They're really scheduling. No, they'd be like, oh, they play UCLA, who's not very good, and nobody shows up to their stadium. So it's like not even a game. Hey, people just find reasons to bitch about Michigan, to bitch about Ohio State, to bitch about the Big Ten. When the SEC is the teams, they're playing eight conference games, and then they, you know, they add one big out of conference power five team. Or in some cases, it's Georgia Tech or it's, you know, it's somebody else. And it's like, oh, we got to give them all the applause because they're the SEC. No, they're still just playing nine power five teams, just like the Big Ten. And in some cases, the Big Ten's playing 10. Ohio State played 10. Michigan State played 10. Yes, I know this is the year that Michigan's only playing nine. But you look at the SEC they're not playing 10 power five teams each year. They're playing nine, just like the big 10 in some cases, in some cases they're playing less. So just stop with the whole schedule thing. And remember schedules are made years in advance. Michigan did add Hawaii. I believe it was last year when the UCLA thing, um, when they backed out because not a lot of teams have openings. Hawaii did. So it was a chance for Hawaii to come get some money, play against a good program. And, you know, for uh, Tommy Chang, it was just a chance to get his team in a situation like that. Yeah, they got throttled, but hey, learning experiences, build your program. So stop with the whole schedule thing. Just stop. You sound stupid. Another game that everybody kept talking about. Oh, Oh, um, you know, watch out for Nebraska. They're going to watch out for Nebraska. It's only a 10-point spread. Oklahoma's favored by 10. I think they cover that. I think Nebraska's inside 10. It, no, just stop. I told you guys last week, give me Oklahoma in the 10 or 11, whatever it was. I'll lay those points and take Oklahoma every day of the week and twice on Sundays. And it showed. It showed. It was 35-7 at half. 
It wasn't ever close. Nebraska came out and scored the first drive, and then Oklahoma scored, and then Oklahoma never looked back. 49 to 14 was the final. So just stop with the dumb hot takes. And it was everywhere. It was everywhere. That was just the easiest money I made. I mean, again, give me Oklahoma every time over Nebraska. Nebraska's bad. Have, did we not watch Nebraska the first three weeks? Did we think just because Scott Frost leaves, they're just going to come out and win against a top six team in the nation? No. No. Just stupidity. Uh, who I was very impressed with was Penn State. Ooh, they go down to Auburn and just throttle Auburn, who's a bad team. Brian Harson's out. I mean, he's going to be out soon. There's already rumors of him at Arizona State where Herm Edwards was fired. But Penn State went in there and they just beat him up. 41-12. It wasn't close. Sean Clifford, 14-1978 yards. Didn't have to do much. Noah Singleton, 10 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. He was, he's a monster. He's very good. 39 carries, 245 yards, five touchdowns on the ground. Penn State. So we're six yards per carry, that 232 yards passing. I mean, just a great win for Penn State. And then just looking down, you want to talk about disappointing Northwestern. I mean, I know you don't want to fire Fitzgerald. Legacy, just like Scott Frost was. Things are not going well. They lost to Southern Illinois, who was 0-2. They lost 31-24. I mean, you have to start considering this. I know he kind of comes up every few years and has a good team that is close to the Big Ten title or makes the Big Ten title. If that's good enough for you and you like what he's done at the, at the university, fine, keep him. But... I mean, it, what a disappointing loss. Speaking of disappointing losses and a team that I thought was going to be better, and I, you know, I've talked on my tears in the Big Ten, Purdue. Crazy fourth quarter. 42 points scored between Purdue and Syracuse in the fourth quarter. Just Syracuse came out ahead at the last second. 32-29. Syracuse scores. A touchdown with just a few seconds left on a beautiful throw. Why I don't know how the Purdue DB gets beat so bad when you know they have to score the touchdown. And you lose a game that you shouldn't have lost. Aiden O'Connell, 424 yards, three touchdowns. Played well. Uh, the... the um, Charlie Jones, monster game for Purdue. 11 catches, 188 yards, and a touchdown. Durham had two touchdowns. But they didn't average three yards on the ground. Syracuse did just enough. And Syracuse wasn't great. It was all the fourth quarter. Just a, a sad loss for, for Purdue and a team that, again, I thought was going to be better. I thought they were going to be better. And they weren't. They aren't. They, they, they drop it here. 
Just like Wisconsin dropped a tier last week? No, I mean, we talk about how bad the Pac-12 is. Talk about, you know, oh, they're just, you know, it's the end of the Pac-12 or it's towards the end of the Pac-12. UCLA, USC's leaving. You had Washington State come to Camp Randall and beat Wisconsin last week. And then this past weekend, you had Michigan State travel to Washington and get beat there. I mean, what? That's terrible. And then Purdue losing to Syracuse, a team you shouldn't lose to, in my opinion, if you're Purdue, because you had hopes of competing for a Big Ten title or a Big Ten title appearance. Um, you scored two touchdowns in the last six minutes, including the last one with 51 seconds left to go up 29-25. 51 seconds. Syracuse throws a 25-yard touchdown pass with seven seconds left to lose 32-29. So just a brutal game for Purdue and <laughs> Looking at it now, I think, you know, my Big Ten tiers, Ohio State, Michigan, tier one. You, you don't see any flaws right now. Uh, tier two, I'm going to put, I had Michigan State by themselves, but I think after what I've seen, I'm flipping Michigan State and Penn State. They're very close to each other. Maybe even Penn State should be on tier three still, just at the top. But I'm going to put them tier two for right now and Michigan State, the top of tier three, close to tier two. And then everybody else, Wisconsin, I Minnesota would be behind Michigan State. Wisconsin would be there. Um, I But now we got to see Minnesota without Ottman Bell. Again, that's a big loss. Uh, and then just running through the rest of the scores. Wisconsin blew out New Mexico State 66-7. Rutgers barely beat Temple 16-14. Indiana barely beat Western Kentucky 31-30. Indiana's like the worst 3-0 team I think I've ever seen. Uh, Maryland 34-27 over SMU. Good game. Uh, A lot of penalties for Maryland. That's something that you just can't happen. Can't happen, but a great quarterback battle there. And I asked the question last week, could they do it? They did. Iowa 27-0 over Nevada. They scored points. So congrats to Iowa. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Big Ten Buds Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Adam Sager. You can find it right here on the Believe Network. Talk to you guys later this week as we re- or preview week four with some good Big Ten matchups. All right, guys, see you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.